Hey, VSP fans, it's Tim here, and you're listening to episode 39 of the Black Swamp Podcast. Like always, thanks for tuning in. We know your schedule is likely booked, and there are like a gazillion podcast options out there, so we appreciate you letting us be part of your day. If you like what you hear, feel free to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, then throw us a review and some stars if you listen on Apple Podcasts. That always helps boost our exposure and push our little podcast out to more percussion enthusiasts like yourself. After listening to this episode with Katie Elman, you can also travel back in time and check out some of the past conversations we've had with BSP artists, educators, and friends over the last two years. There's a lot of great conversations to sift through. Uh, So no major housekeeping for today. I guess I will mention the ensemble winners of our 2021 Percussion Ensemble Showcase. Uh, judging just recently wrapped up. Uh, first place went to Prosper High School Percussion Ensemble from Prosper, Texas. Uh, the ensemble uh, was directed by Michael Hustis and Shane Snyder, performing Altered Gates by Jim Casella. Second place was awarded to Westlake High School from Austin, Texas, where Tyler Sammons directed this ensemble's performance of Dots and Dashes by Dustin Schulz. Video performances of winning solo and ensemble entries are now featured on our website with a link in this episode's show notes. So this week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Katie Elman, who is a friend of BSP and owner of Southern Percussion in the UK, who is also an official Black Swamp retailer. Uh, Katie is a trained musician, uh, having attended music schools from an early age, and ultimately had a really unique opportunity to take over a retail sheet music company in college. Uh, We talk about this transition from performing to sales, uh, how Southern Percussion has grown extensively over the last 10 plus years, and some of the connections I at least see between Black Swamp and Southern Percussion. Uh, Katie also has a new educational project getting off the ground this summer called the Southern Percussion Institute, uh, which I definitely ner- learned more about in our conversation. So, hi, Katie. How are you? Thank <laughs> you. How are you doing? Good. I, I know this this was the, on my end the most difficult uh, podcast conversation to coordinate. <laughs> I think we had like three different times scheduled and totally uh, uh yeah my end just having to switch gears and stuff so i appreciate you being flexible and patient and uh staying up late uh to have a well, it's not too late maybe i don't know what is it seven o'clock yeah seven o'clock i just get away with putting you know without having to put the little one to bed so that's always good right uh yeah that's a plus sometimes if i'm out I still use this excuse, even though my girls are, are older than yours. Uh, if I'm out like doing something at night and somebody will be like, oh, well, you got to get home to your girls. I'm like, no, no, it's it's no hurry. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> so it's OK. They can they can handle it. Um, so how old's? I'm sorry. What's your daughter's name again? Leah. Leah. How old is she now? She is four. Okay. Going on 18. <laughs> that's, that's how it feels. Yeah, I. I know I we went on a little weekend getaway and uh I looked in the back seat one day one on the way home and I said you know made a stupid dad joke or whatever and our we have a nine and a half year old that's important uh, of a distinction there's half birthdays now I don't know if you realize that you might need to consider that uh with Leah moving forward once she hears about half birthdays we're uh, not there yet (laughs) all right Uh, so Zoe, our youngest, is uh, nine and a half now, and I said made a stupid wisecrack or dad joke, and I looked back, and she just like, she didn't even roll her eyes. It was just the most disgusted <laughs> kind of look, like, "What are you talking about, Dad?" And uh, um, so I was like, "Wow, you just turned like fifteen or sixteen in the last five seconds, Zoe." So I know, I know. I can't really- even give Leah a kiss, kiss goodbye at school. You go to yeah. the work, she goes, "Mom." <laughs> Like you're four. Yeah, yeah. This is this is happening. Yeah, I make sure to. Uh, I would drop Zoe off in the mornings, and uh, she'd get out of the car, and I would almost yell like, "Love you, Daddy loves you!" Like all these I, kids around. I was gonna say, I'd imagine that would be you, seeing how how bad you could go. It's like, oh, <laughs> miss you. Yeah, just to uh, 
seer turn away as quickly as possible and run off so um yeah so again thanks for for talking uh taking some time to talk really what i've been eager to have a conversation with you about is um a couple things and uh, one you being a trained percussionist and musician and then making the the decision to open a retail um, uh, music, you know, percussion instrument retail shop in the UK. And I, I don't know if you see it this way, but I, I think there are some correlations between Southern percussion and Black Swan percussion, just as far as us. And when I say us, like the team at Black Swamp being yep. largely um, tr trained percussionists, we're musicians, that's kind of how we got started. And then, you know, Eric, gradually making this decision 25 plus years ago to start an instrument manufacturing company and then me being his first employee really and not having an eye any idea what i'm doing like, with marketing and sales i mean and i you know i i didn't start doing that stuff but it was sort of gradually kind of building into that role and even the other guys that work here that don't um, necessarily had a lot of manufacturing experience, but kind of learning as we go. So um, I don't know, I, I feel like we kind of are in the same boat that way where I don't, I'm sure I'll find out, but like how much, you know, you sort of knew about business or, or retail, you know, <laughs> and the, like kind of figuring that stuff along as you go, I'm sure you had to do. So I guess before we get into that, um, can you just give me a little bit about your backstory and like sort of where you did go to school or how you got involved in percussion and there, that, that type of stuff? Yeah, sure. So um, I was over here. I come from a musical family. My mom was a professional um, musician mm. and I have three older sisters and every one of them played musical instruments. And I was supposedly the rubbish one that was couldn't keep a beat couldn't do whatever and right. my other sisters was clarinet the next one was cello and the next one was violin and they're like okay what's can we put katie on that you <laughs> will be able to cope with right i mean i used to have like recorder and they used to put like the sellotape around the recorder around the holes yeah like, played, and all i had to do was play g's and i didn't have to play it because of a sellotape around it right you got um, the they gave you the rubber cowbell parts yeah <laughs> It was, it was pretty much that one. Yeah. Uh, I think I had like a triangle as well that I could hit every so often. Um, but yeah, so I started on percussion. Um, my parents, you know, first mistake. Mm -hmm. um, but they started on it very quickly. I kind of um, took to it. And by the time I was, I don't know, about eight, I was already, um, I had a place, my sisters were auditioning for Junior Girls Hall. And my again, it was like, oh, might as well let Katie go, you know, go for it too. So I got a place at Junior Guildhall, which then very quickly they said, you know, maybe I should think about music school. So I then went on to the Purcell School, hmm. then made it round to the World's Cathedral School, another music school, and then finished off at Cheatham's in Manchester. So the yeah. third music school. Um, so since I was kind of 10, 11, I was at um, music school. And so from there, it kind of all happened. I then, um, when I was younger as well, I was lucky enough to have been picked up by the Concordia Foundation um, when I was 16. They normally only dealt with college students, huh. but it kind of put me in a situation that I was playing these wicked, brilliant concerts surrounded by amazing musicians. And Can you, uh, sorry, explain what the Concordia Foundation is really quick? It's kind of like, um, it's unfortunately, it's, it's no longer, but it was, um, it was a foundation by Gillian Humphreys which is kind of, um, it was all around the world. It was, you know, their motto was building bridges um, through music, but it was basically, we worked, did a lot of outreach products, um, projects in schools. So a lot of, um, you know, in Tower Hamlet, some of the poorer places, et cetera, then we'd do like workshops in the schools. They had a campaign like the Look Good, Feel Good Cancer Research. We do their Christmas concert. So mm. We'd also some top venues in London we'd get to perform at. Um, so it was a little bit like an agent, but not okay. quite. Yeah, sure. Um, but it gave me loads of experience and doing that kind of stuff, which was brilliant. So between that and the other one, and then I went to the Guildhall for studying for college. And it was there where kind of everything changed. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so Southern Percussion was actually, so I'm already going on to business, sorry. But Southern oh, kind sorry. of hit, it, it hit in there. So Southern Percussion was, had been going for about 20, 30 years before I took over. Oh, okay. So I didn't completely create it. Right. Um, it was yeah, that's, very- new, that's news to me. So yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's a company that I I hadn't worked with before you mm-hmm. kind of took over. So yeah, that's super interesting. Who was? So someone called Ron Armstrong was running it. It was a very small um, little sheet music company. He ah. didn't do any instruments or anything like that, which is why you wouldn't have heard of it. Sure. And they didn't have a website. They didn't have a database. You literally like. If you knew about him, you knew about him. If you okay. didn't, you didn't. So literally, I remember going there as a kid because being at the music schools, I'd kind of been put in contact and, and knew of him. And he was down in Bournemouth and he, even to this day, he loves his birds and budgies and you'd go through his garden and mm-hmm. you'd birds and birds and birds in here and you get to the end of the shed and there'd be literally a shed of sheet music. <laughs> and I'd been getting my music from him and literally when I was in my first year of college, he rang me up in something like the 10th of March or something. Mm -hmm. And he rang me up and he said, I want to stop doing Southern percussion. And, you know, would you be interested in taking it over? And I kind of was like, uh, I I mean, I was 18. I was, I kind of, luckily I had one of my really close friends here who's quite a bit older than me. And I kind of just went, uh, uh, I, I don't know and, and hung up the phone <laughs> what does that mean click I, d- I didn't really know and then the person I was with kind of went oh what was you know what was that about and I was like um like he just asked me if I wanted to he's like what did you ask him how much did you ask him this did you ask him this and I was like no right uh so from there we went on and I you know he gave me the list of questions to ask I rang him back my parents was actually in South Africa celebrating my mum's retirement. Uh, <laughs> Didn't last very long. Uh, um, and then I kind of waited till they were near the end of the holiday. And then I kind of said, hey, why don't I pick you up from the airport? You know, and we drive down to Bournemouth, you know, and have a chat with, with Southern Percussion. And they're like, okay. So we did that and we spoke to them. And, um, you know, one of the first questions, you know, when are you looking to sell it? And, he kind of said by the end of the tax year. Well, in England, that's like the 5th of April. Oh, geez. So I had like literally about two weeks to organize stuff. Yeah. I was actually just going off to Ghana to study for a month over there. So I was kind of like, okay, well, we need to keep it running until I get back from Ghana. Right. And my parents then picked me up from, from the airport. We drove down to Bournemouth again and we, we literally picked it up in a small transit van. It was that small. Oh, all the so, sheet music. Yeah. 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 So then I kind of filled my parents' lounge with piles <laughs> of sheet music and right. started a database. And that's how it all started. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I have about 100 questions already. Uh, <laughs> first, and I, I know we're, we're already kind of jumping all over, but like, first is, is just school. So you were in some sort of music school since you were 10, is what you said. So yeah. how does a more traditional kind of academic um like class schedule fit into that or it doesn't you were literally like like just studying music uh, from Let, then on or let's say i didn't really prepare for business let's put it that way <laughs> so, you, so in england i don't know how exactly how it is over in the us but in right. england you have your core subjects so you have to do your maths english mm-hmm. um science i don't know what else is I think that's probably about it. Like, yeah. I think, like your social kind of- studies, things like that. Oh, History. That. Oh. No, you, you have to do that to like a level, but not really. So like I had to do that to maybe I was about 13, 14, but you don't have to do it all the way through. Hmm. So I have to say it did kind of, and I was maybe not the best at school. Maybe <laughs> I did what I needed to do. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I've, I fully admit I, that's how I operated in like basically middle school or like junior high and through high school. And then I, I did okay. Like I had a three, five or whatever, like a a decent average. And then I got to college and I tried to operate the same way. And it was like, no, No. you know, you can't do that. Um, so yeah, I was, I was struggling with, um, 
yeah, kind of basic gen ed classes in college mm -hmm. and then focusing. I mean, most of my attention went to music and, yeah, and playing and practicing and stuff like that. But so you didn't have a lot of sort of gen ed from like in your later school years? No, not really. So you kind of did all the subjects to GCSE, but even with so that was like when I was about 15 or so. Mm -hmm. So you kind of do those subjects, but again, different school so I didn't ever do like art I didn't do dare I say like things like geography and stuff like that so <laughs> don't ask me where anything is in the world because okay. you'll get a do you know where Michigan is no, I don't it's funny <laughs> I do because I'm funny enough I've been yeah. there right right um but no it's it's kind of so a, a couple of things were a bit rough um, around the edges mm -hmm. I always I always like computers in terms of like gonna say like I was obsessed with like touch typing and things like then learning programs I kind of found that quite fun hmm. Um, but in terms of it goes with other things, no, I didn't do anything you didn't have to do. I didn't do. And then it started that when I, I liked maths, I hated English. Huh. Mm -hmm. So it basically was maths and music. Mm. And then when I got to, when I was 16, you do a levels. Some people do, you normally do four and some people do five, but at specialist school, you only had to do three. So I did the typical music, music technology. Uh, yeah. And and then I, then you can, you can then again at music school, you can drop one when you get to the year above. And I just did music, music tag. Yeah. Music straight away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so you, you're kind of, you, you get into college or, or university yeah. and that's when the, the, uh, Ron, uh, the, yeah, right. yeah. uh, approaches you about Southern percussion and you freak out. Uh, understandably, because yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be a strange uh, kind of awkward uh, phone call, I think. Um, then you kind of gather your senses with with a friend and pull your folks in and kind of take take that step into retail. But I think mm -hmm. before you get there, like I, this is tied to Black Swamp, too. I think Eric um, had some sort of entrepreneurial spirit or he had some sort of like maybe drive to to build or create or to develop something like did you do you feel that did you feel that way or do you now looking back yeah you know what if you spoke to me and it's funny enough it's about what we're about to kind of launch actually soon and this isn't a plug in any shape or form oh no go ahead like, plug it plug it no, no, do no, it no. it's not it's not a plug <laughs> um but basically if you spoke to me ever since i was maybe like 12 and everyone said to you, what do you do when you're older? I literally was like, I want to create my own music academy and teach and, but not just the standard like teaching percussion, but do like the music theory and then using that and have a group of kids here and do ensemble and basically like nurture and create like a, basically a school with percussion. Sorry, I got to stop you. Is Martin like remodeling in the background? Oh, What's up there? <laughs> I'm so sorry. The, um, the coffee, I may have got a, drink That's oh okay okay <laughs> oh it's an and espresso machine the espresso machine just decided to do like a shutdown I'm oh okay so sorry i thought that was like a like a, a saza or something going on in the background like he was remodeling sorry i don't know sorry it's no. uh yeah the espresso machine sorry about that yeah um so yeah so i always wanted to do like some kind of an academy and stuff so i guess i always had that kind of idea of wanting to create create the business yeah so I guess it was always in the back of my mind. But, yeah. Um, but I was not prepared for what came next. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that's that's how it is. Like I, there was some seems like there was some kind of drive or like inspiration, hmm. like to do something. And what that something is, is what was totally unknown at the time. Right. And and then obviously it's built, um, you know, you went from sheet music to instrument um, sales. Um was there again i'm i'm making all these kind of connections to black swamp like eric saw at the time maybe some holes in the market like mm -hmm. you know a, a specific tambourine sound or um you know how a snare drum operated or a triangle sound things like that or just overall construction and and materials and things like that like what was the transition to uh, retail sales like did you notice like hey there's some other retail uh, retailers out there that aren't doing this or they're doing it like this or I like to 
when I buy instruments, I see this missing or was it like, I want to get instruments uh, less expensively for myself. So I'm going to start a retail company. Um, funny you should say, you know, you say that I remember getting for my, I think it was must have been my 21st or something. Um, a whole load of, I, my parents gave me a certain amount of money to spend on mallets. And I think that like that brand, I, I went and spent over, I think five, 600 quid on mallets and then ended up about three months later becoming the distributor. Oh, you know, yeah. you're like, damn it. All this stuff at RRP. But it's the way it goes. It, it started this kind of the instruments came slowly. So at the very beginning, I was very much sheet music. So at the time, this is where it kind of got complicated the very beginning days. I was actually um, doing a touring show at the same time as running Southern Percussion. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a Rat Pack show and we're in Untold with Buddy Greco, nice American legend there, um, with you know percussion vibes, timps, everything in the um, on stage doing all those kind of jazz stuff. Right. And so my days was when I look back, I don't know how I. You can tell you only do it in your early twenties because I mean I do like one <laughs> night bit now and I'm like dead uh, the next day. Right. Um. So I was so at the very beginning we just did just keep a sheet music and very small at the beginning because I was so busy I was gigging four nights a week five yeah. nights a week and was getting in at like three four sometimes going straight into the office in the yeah. next the next day. Sorry. So were were your parents kind of helpful too since it was in your house and they were. Uh, yeah. maybe part of kind of helping it get off the ground a little bit. So that's why I kind of laugh the fact that my mum retired. <laughs> right. Yeah. Two weeks, three weeks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my mum was absolutely brilliant at the beginning. Um, I actually also put the at the very beginning of the company in her name because obviously being at music college, I didn't quite know how people were gonna react. Mm. And I was trying to keep it a little bit of a secret. Mm. But I think my very first order was typically to someone I was at college with who then noticed where it had been stamped from and they went, oh, isn't that where you live? And I was like, seriously? Bust like the first one. Right. Um, but Kids I mean, smart. oh, God damn it. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, my mum was absolutely brilliant kind of manning stuff to start with and um, with all that kind of, and even now she kind of comes in and she's like, how is that being packed? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> right. She's your worst critic. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, she's the one that will come into a booth that you go, you know, you do mess and you have this big booth there and she'll be like, uh, what's that kind of doing, you know, doing there? Or do you not want to do this? And my dad comes in and goes, looks really good. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I always say, you know, if, if your mum's happy and my mum's kind of like loving, then you know that you've done a good job. Yeah. So but yeah, my parents are super happy. I was lucky enough. My dad's a um, chartered accountant. So that really helps. Yeah, sure. So someone who's there going, uh-uh, you're spending too much. You're doing this. Or he kind of really helped me and was a lot in at the beginning with um, just making sure that I wasn't doing anything stupid or, you know, making sure I was grounded and do all yeah, the calculations yeah. and stuff like that. That was, um, was good. So yeah, my mom was there helping wrap up and my dad was there with me a little bit of numbers no i think that's great like to have that um kind of relationship with your folks that you, they're able to kind of help chip in and then also learn along the way like because i don't think your dad's like doing your accounting or books uh <laughs> now i imagine that's you um uh, no i still plug in at times believe oh, me. okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i mean that's something i kind of wanted to get to in a little bit was just um um, we haven't talked about Martin yet, who, from what I understand, I mean, um, is kind of more the, the sort of marketing, maybe social media end a little bit. And then you're definitely the um, kind of business end and shop. But from what I can tell, it's the two of you, right? Like operating Southern Percussion, like, um, and uh, I guess I, I'll just jump in now. Like, like yeah yeah like sometimes people ask me like how do I prioritize my time or I'll ask I've asked other people on the podcast like because yeah. you have you know you're married you have a, a child you have a company you yeah. uh, have a family you know you have yeah. and then it's like you 
at Southern Percussion shipping orders. Uh, it, you know, running. It's not just us. It isn't just us here. Okay. No, so, please. Yeah, uh, but it's you're still a small company. Like, oh, yeah, like how do how do you kind of prioritize that time, or is it just like full tilt, like in? you know in the morning and then you're done <laughs> like and you have no idea what just happened over the last seven or eight hours um okay you know what it's it's been like heavy so sudden percussion it was just kind of I say just yeah I've got goshes here in the office and doing loads of stuff for us um mm -hmm. doing kind of a lot of general day-to-day -day stuff for us sorry who's that gosha oh okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you G might have seen g-o-s-i-a that's the one. Okay. Okay. Yes. I thank you. Gasha is her name. Yeah. I always <laughs> think it's Josia or uh, sorry, Gasha. Yeah. Next time you ring and you'll know who you're talking to. Right. Um. So in terms of those bits, but obviously it then frees me up to do the other bits. Um. So I'd had um. So it was kind of me with various different goshes in the past, etc. Okay. For many years, and then. I've got to work out now how Leo is four or five. So maybe about five, six years ago, um, Martin came along. Right. And obviously he was working for um, another company at the time is how we met. So I knew that he could do the job, et cetera, like that. Mm -hmm. And then I said, well, hey, why don't you come and do this with me and work? And it kind of then went from, it was me. I was happy with the size of the company. Everything was really good. I was, everything, everything was like really nice and manageable. And then he was like, let's go for it yeah yeah totally um which was great in some ways but it, the last couple of years has been like absolutely crazy how big we've gone etc like that mm -hmm. um so it has been over, over time to the last year it's it's been pretty it's been pretty hard um but i mean we've kind of now got to a point that we can settle back a, a little bit in terms of people we've got here and how everything works i mean covid strangely enough was kind of helped in some ways hmm. because it then reminds you like we had people are very much all of a sudden like they place an order they they used to the amazon world now that they right. place an order and they have it the next day or they have it within a few hours or whatever like that people don't right. want to wait for things anymore and so you're so busy and everything's going out and you're trying to do everything and covid certainly over here it's kind of relaxed people a little bit people look a lot more understanding and, and are happy to wait mm -hmm. and I mean, the schools and things were shut for seven, eight months, one thing. I know we, we chatted throughout the time and the joys of homeschooling. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, so homeschooling, you know, with luckily is only at preschool, but with trying to run some percussion this past year with a four-year-old has certainly been an interesting um, concept. <laughs> right. When a phone rings, you can't kind of say, be quiet. She's like, who's on the phone? Mommy! <laughs> yeah um and so it's it was really nice that we got to spend the time with her but you also then realized how much you kind of missed out a little bit on the previous years yeah for sure and that you need to make time for that um so the last kind of couple of, the last kind of year and certainly now we kind of find a little bit more a little a little bit more life work balance yeah. and just kind of letting it calm a little bit we're to a point now that we're I was going to say, we're kind of, without saying with it, we're fairly known in the industry for doing things. And it's kind of just happy and now ticking along. And but for right present second, where might not be the best thing for you to hear, but I'm happy where we are. Yeah. And I'm happy for the next year or so for things to be totting along without going, right, we need to push and keep going. Yeah, um, Everyone always wants that and wants to move forward, but it also gives us a chance to kind of look at other things. I mean, I'm now that some of the cushion is kind of, starting gosh is coming in she's doing some more things and we'll take over bits of it and we're actually starting the music academy here which was oh. what my thing was always as a kid yeah for sure um, um no i everything you're saying i totally relate to because um uh i mean i won't give you the the full history of like black swamp during during the pandemic or covid but i think it's definitely put some things in perspective and i i talked to my wife about this just like um yeah like sort of relaxing a little bit or putting making some priorities and um with family and work and realizing that yeah maybe things should have been a little bit different you know bef beforehand and like for instance i'm uh, i mean i'm in a position now where i can work from home and yeah. 
probably, I mean, kind of during the summer, it's two days a week. And I think that's partially because my girls are home and I have an opportunity to, you know, see them at breakfast time or have lunch with them. I I didn't today, but I could, if I wanted to, (laughs) like the the option is there. So, or just to not have to race to work and then race home. And like, it's definitely more flexible. And, uh, and fortunately, like I said, I have a, uh, you know, my role at Black Swamp allows me to do that. Like Jamel or the other product guys in production don't have that, that sort of uh, luxury, I guess, like they, somebody's got to make stuff there. So I definitely keep that in mind too. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, one or two days a week, I'm able to work from home, but I like to be also like to be in the office to talk to them and to catch up and do things like that. But I think it's definitely connected to the pandemic and, and being like, do I have 40 plus hours of work to do, you know, what, and how am I prioritizing that and to do what's at home or to do what's at work and stuff like that. So I think it's definitely a a mind shift um, for a lot of people. decision-making was the next thing. Like you just, you spoke about um, starting a music academy, like how, like a new project like that, like how, how does that sort of take shape? Like you mentioned Martin being like, go, 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 go. Like, is he kind of like pushing you to do that? Cause that is, that's the Jamel in our, at Black Swamp. He, Jamel is definitely like, Hey, you know, let's, let's do this and let's do this and kind of propelling us forward sometimes and I'm where he and I are sort of yin and yang which I think is is good and sounds like maybe that's how you and and Martin are like how does that those that decision making start to take shape or what do you kind of when you think about expanding um you know what I don't know is it just kind of a stick to what you know sort of thing or is it a diversify I think it's, uh, yeah, I mean, Martin, as far as it goes with the Academy, is actually not his, I was going to say, he's completely separate. He's um, He's been building drums, as you know, and doing right. marching drums. And that's like his baby. And that's what he kind of always would have loved to do and wanted to do. So he's very happy. He's got his drums. So we kind of come together on the Southern Percussion. Yet right. he had his extra little thing that, you know, he does with the Southern Percussion marching, SP right. marching which is he's is going really well and you know and all good there we at um here i'm kind of doing it and as much as i i love speaking to the customers and doing all that but my aim was never particularly just to sit behind a desk and pick and pack orders when no one else is here or Mm -hmm. like that and i always had my teaching over here but i'm like actually now is the time really to start doing it and um I also feel very much that without it sounding really cheesy, but I want to give, want to give back and I want to give, you know, we're, I'm in the situation now that we can do this. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a Southern percussion Institute is the um, proper, the big yeah. title. Around it. But with this, we'll should be able to do outreach stuff in the local area and go back to doing like in schools, in care homes, in, all those kind of things. We already run like an international tune percussion competition, mm. which then is a game for under under 18s to be able to encourage and we get kids together and do stuff. And it's, I guess it's going on that respect. And because Southern Percussion is big enough now and kind of not running itself because nothing ever runs itself. People who says that is, <laughs> right. I don't know what they talk about. Oh, it doesn't, like, it doesn't run itself. That nothing ever runs itself. Right. Um, but we've got people that things are working and, and manageable. That for me, really, I want to be able to do some more teaching and do and do the outreach stuff that we're that we're doing. And that's where I kind of really have the love to go back to that. Um, so by having Southern Percussion now, it gives me that platform to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, no, I I totally agree. I've spoken to several of uh of our artists and educators and friends on the podcast that a lot of their projects are kind of developed out of wanting to, yeah, give back to the community, give back to the people that supported them or, you know, help kind of propel the mm-hmm. the industry forward. And I think that's 
that's why I try to engage a lot of our artists and educators on, on video content or re educational resources and things like that. And to be able to present that um, either on our website or social media or whatever, like it's, to me, it's like part of, it's not just buying a tambourine. It's kind of like buying a tambourine plus <laughs> like, yeah. like you get, you know, there's more, there's reason to buy it. It's sort of an educational aspect. And then um, helping to sort of improve and propel move forward the community so I think it's totally totally valid and exciting like so you I know you mentioned a competition like what else I mean you don't have to spill the tea <laughs> totally if you don't want to but like I mean what other I mean it's an academy so the, or um, I guess you, you so mentioned we, it's an institute but there's some yeah. instruction involved in in playing yeah, so you, I mean, you've got the different stuff. There'll be an in-house academy. This is all things that will come kind of later later on. The main thing, obviously, to start with, they'll be teaching us stuff here. But the the idea is just to give, if people aren't here locally, they should be able to find good teachers and recommended teachers. And there's a, there's, there's a lot of, there's some amazing teachers in the UK. Mm -hmm. There's some not so great teachers in okay. the UK. Yeah. And some of the things that you see and you hear and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that I'm the ruler of percussion teachers or anything like that. But I just want to make sure that people can get access to decent teachers, really, and to be able to help do that. And also a platform, which we have done kind of over the Southern Percussion, which is, you know, the ambassadors and the artists. And right. um, it's been interesting, even with you guys, that there's some such amazing young players out there that need to be shown and it's so hard being being seen in this in the in today's world there's so many youtubes and everything and yeah. there's everything is so hard and by the platform and again it, it will be switch over from southern percussion to the institutes and it will get be a bigger platform sure. it's like players that we feel that should really be seen by the world hopefully we'll be able to help them on their career a little bit like concordia was for me mm -hmm. and be able to kind of point them in the direction so black swamp or ip or bolter or encore whatever brand you want to go for mm -hmm. will then hopefully be able to see them and then kind of will go hey check this player out and then it kind of will maybe give them something and possibilities for the future yeah no i think it's a really cool idea and you mentioned different manufacturers and that was something i had kind of a note written down like for earlier <laughs> in the conversation like when you did transition to to kind of retail and and obviously this is all part of what's growing and building now like yeah. do you it seemed like you started some intentional relationships with manufacturers and players like were you was that also kind of part of a plan with southern percussion and now that the institute kind of being specific with with relationships you were building and people you were working with I don't think I really did anything calculated. <laughs> okay. I want to. I want to say that, like, yes, like that sounds as if it was the long game right. all along. Right. I'd love to say that, but probably not. I mean, I was I was in a situation because from being a player, I had contacts. Mm -hmm. So in the in the percussion industry, you know, even just from being at music schools and music colleges. So like how it also I say when I first got the company is I literally picked up the phone and rang the head of percussion from Cheatham's and the head of percussion at Guildhall and all these different places that I've been to. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, guess what? You can now buy your sheet music from me. Buy yeah. your sheet music from me. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was kind of the conversation that we had. And then it went on to sticks and mallets. And literally it was a question of being like, hey, remember me, your student? Right. Come here. Um, so I kind of used that kind of thing. But on top of that with so I knew a lot of players I was already gigging I was already in there so that of course helped with picking the players and things like that and then from from there like when the brands and stuff came along I kind of had in business I kind of had two mottos like one was if I wouldn't play it I'm not going to sell it sure so therefore if a brand could offer me the best profit margins in the world but if i think it's not very good trying to not be rude on eh? um, kind of said <laughs> it's no. a fan it's a family show <laughs> if it's if it's like if i don't like the product and i would could not 
happily recommend that item to someone, I'm not going to sell it because it's more headache for me to start with. And B, I want people to be able to trust me. And I kind of, again, have always brought up that if people can have got this amount of money to spend, it doesn't make any difference if I earn a massive amount or a small amount or anything like that, someone will come to me and I'll say, right, okay, these are the pros of this instrument, these are the pros of this instrument, this one, this one, this one. And then I help them decide. And it makes no odds on margins. It makes no odds on maybe what I would prefer or not. Obviously, I have like favorites and stuff like that, which I personally prefer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of did it in that way. Every sticks that come in, every tambourine that comes in, every triangle that comes in, I would have played it. I would have gone. It's it's literally, I still comes to the day. And it's nice having Gosha here because, again, everyone who Gosha is also graduated from Trinity Music Conservatoire mm-hmm. as well. She's also a player. Martin's obviously a player. And when we have a box of stuff comes in, she's still like, oh, <laughs> gigs out. Yeah. <laughs> and so the two of us still do go on that, you know, and we're also bad because we, we were joking about it. So we need to do some stuff on Facebook, but there'll still be something that comes in and we'll be like, oh, look at that. Doesn't that look really nice? Let's order it yeah. just to try it. Just to try it to see if it's cool and whether it's nice. And, you know, it comes in like, oh, look. Right. Um, so we still a little bit like kids in a sweet shop when stuff comes in and trying it all. And so we, we like to be able to do that. So I can know hand on heart that I really am giving the best advice I can possibly give to someone. And it's not, it's not business minded, but it's rightly or wrongly. I don't go, yeah, Hey, you want this because I've got one in stock. It's, it's irrelevant. It's obviously we do have pretty much most things in stock, but in terms of like, it is what's best for them. Yeah, no, that's kind of been part of our story i think at black swamp like and why um we've developed a lot of the products that we have because we don't always just want to you know we want to sell people what they need not necessarily what we want them to have like if that makes sense <laughs> like and it's what they want as well yeah yeah so it's like yeah, we and that when we have conversations with people either on the phone or at conventions or even in our marketing, like we want to educate people and we want to, ex, you know, sort of explain the differences between of our between our products because I know we have a ton of different tambourines. We've got all different types of triangles and uh, and snare drums and different models and sounds and mm-hmm. um, so we try to explain that and educate people as much as possible so they can decide you know what's best for them. And when I do talk to people, it's like, you know, sometimes I'm asking them more questions than they're asking me because it's like, really, what are you, what are you looking for? And, you know, we want to be able to provide that and not necessarily just, you know, sell them whatever we think they need. So, um, so are you still playing? Um, you know what? I still do odd little bits. I, Obviously, it's weird because this last year, of course, no one's played. So it's yeah, a bit yeah. kind of think, oh, when was my last gig? But of course, no one's had a gig for a long time. Sure. I still get asked to do a couple of stuff. My main thing is, is marimba. So I'm like, the, probably the last thing I did was a concerto, marimba concerto, but like an orchestra, which um, I just came in and did. I kind of was like, oh, I need to get my hands sorted. And, <laughs> right. and, it, and then died for about a month afterwards. Yeah. Um, but no, the last real gigs that okay you do the odd orchestral stuff but the last like proper solo playing that i used to did was when i was about seven months pregnant but i kind of had to stop because my um i was playing like vibes and bowing some stuff and i ended up with a massive rosin mark across my belly oh dude (laughs) it was like and it is time to stop yeah yeah um but yeah between the, the dedication and stuff to really be on top of your game. There's so many amazing, amazing players out there mm-hmm. who were just like, you know, where I was when I was a kid, I was, you know, wherever. And then I was like, wait, you're doing that now? And when I was there, it was amazing. And now you're like way yeah. past what I was. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, um, I was like, you know what? I kind of leave it to them a little bit with the odd bits that I still do and get asked to do. But yeah. I can't keep my chops up to that level anymore. Oh, uh- yeah, that's actually what I wrote down. If you're still keeping your chops up or not, but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I, I sometimes <laughs> no, I just <laughs> I I just get depressed sometimes. Well, I go scrolling through Instagram or Facebook, yeah, it, or thinking or seeing kids in high school 
like I can, you know, going to PASIC or um, yeah. uh, Midwest or TME, you know, we went to TMEA last year, two years ago, I forget. Um, and just seeing kids playing uh, far more complicated and musical, you know, musically than I ever did at that at age. It's just kind of like, okay, I'll, I'll stick to this. But I was, um, no, it was similar. I mean, I was gigging out of college, you know, playing a lot of steel drum stuff, playing or pickup orchestra stuff, um, other percussion stuff. And then as I became more involved in Black Swamp and then obviously married and start to have a family. Yeah, it's yeah. just um, things kind of uh, filter out, I think. But and I, I, I'll say this to people sometimes, like that's one of my favorite parts of working with artists and educators I sort of live vicariously through them <laughs> like like the you know the cool stuff that they're doing and where they're playing yeah. and, and everything it's I don't know I find it exciting and, and inspiring to be honest mm -hmm. and that was actually kind of one of my next questions and I like to ask you know all the guests like what you know what or who is inspiring you whether in music or not in music uh wow. you know, something you're reading watching or um I don't know anything like what kind of inspires you or keeps you motivated. Um, God, that's a hard question. I'm like, mm -hmm. wow, stumped. Um, uh, I think you're supposed to give me these answers. I know. Just, <laughs> I know. I didn't. I, I know. I was thinking of that earlier. I was like, I never really sent her any <laughs> like sort of outline or context for the for this. So I appreciate you thinking on your feet and and yeah. kind of coming in blind. Do you know what like? I was going to say whether it's a cheesy, cheesy question. I'm probably not going to say like individual people on, on, on what they're doing. It's more the fact that like seeing seeing them just generally the younger generation and what they've all got through. Doing the, um, doing the competition we did, we did an online one this year. We should have done it last year. We cancelled it during COVID and then we mm -hmm. did the international competition this year. And we did, so we actually start with the competition. We have a, un, it's normally under 14s, under 16s, under 18s. But this year we also opened it up to under 26. And the entries that came in and the level of playing was unbelievable. Yeah. But it's not only that, it was the... So we did this competition. We then had the judges who were amazing enough to give their time and listen to, you know, 150 video entries which oh, some of them like 12 minutes long i mean yeah. they were a proper video 12 15 minutes long right. they sat and they commented on them all and we actually then sent these comments over to the um all the players and the responses that we had from them was just so um amazing and just saying that like this has given us something you know to work on and to go through and what people and then it starts you know you end up then in the email conversation it was gonna say it was so amazing but so like crazy because you're sending all these emails to these different people then everyone's you know you come back and you start a conversation i'm going okay here goes my next like week <laughs> right but, yeah, yeah. but it was it was so amazing to see and what it does with them and what they do and how they're all getting through everything mm -hmm. and it's kind of seeing them and what basically what's coming up and and watching the the younger ones go through and that I was gonna say, it, make, it half makes me feel really old. But when we started, um, when I started this, and seeing kids that was, you know, we had people in the shop a couple of days ago um, that was here, and they've, you know, just completing college. I met them and started doing stuff with them when they were like 12, 13. and I'm and seeing them grow and stretch and what they now were compared to what they were back how many years ago yeah sure and i kind of say i don't want to necessarily say a player and all of that but watching that just makes me feel so good and seeing that what we've helped on there or still when they come in and they'll be like hey ask me a question about this or what do you think this or joking or i can still help them with the little bits or what do you think about this or that and that is kind of what's so been keeping me going for all these time all these years and it's the same thing like even with you guys we could have closed during COVID. I mean, we technically, I actually, me and Martin actually moved in here to the premises. Right. Because right. otherwise we wouldn't have been allowed to keep the company open because yeah. all non-essential retail had to shop unless we were running it and living here and we weren't traveling. 
so we stayed here for the first kind of six months of um the lockdown yeah and again speaking to people when you think the government handouts or things like that that we could have done we probably would have been better off at times closing but then speaking to people and being there for them in this time and watching them all of that is kind of what inspires me just to keep going every day no i i think that's perfect and great you. You no know, it's not because i <laughs> i we run a percussion ensemble showcase and it's just we wrapped up the solo divisions a couple weeks ago and yeah. judging is getting completed for the ensemble divisions and I, I got an email this morning from a band director that was like hey my program is just getting started and this is a great opportunity for us like thank you for hosting this competition and making this available and it's like okay just one comment about yeah. like something that we're that we do that because it can get that's why i like going to like PASIC or conventions yeah. too because you meet people that are using your product or seeing it for the first time mm -hmm. and are like hey i saw that video that you put out or i i noticed this or this is really cool and it's like okay just a couple comments can like oh, turn maybe. turn everything around for you and like because we definitely get in these circles of like eh who's watching our videos like who's doing this like really is this, is this me on a podcast yeah. <laughs> right yeah is it worth it like and and yeah it it is and that's what kind of keeps us motivated and keeps us going so yeah i i couldn't agree more katie so yeah well, uh, i got a question without naming anyone <laughs> no no i think it's cool um all right well that's kind of the bulk of what i had on my on my agenda, my agenda that I didn't share with you. So is there Did I pass? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Flying colors. Uh, um, is there anything else you wanted to kind of throw out there or anything else you've been thinking about you wanted to share or you, the percussion Institute is probably the big thing that's kind of up there for new and exciting for you. Yeah, I mean, it's been where a lot of companies yeah during COVID has kind of gone quiet and doing stuff I mean we certainly haven't I mean, we're actually about to launch see we don't even know this yet but to um with the new academy and stuff we've and everything else going on we've got a new website launching probably in a couple of weeks yeah great. And we're changing our logo oh <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a big step like yeah that's, that's a, massive yeah yeah I mean because it's and obviously it's the main identification, like brand identity sort of thing. Yeah. So no, I mean, we've done it several times over the years, but yeah, cool. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty scary. It's yeah. probably something that like, um, one of the first things that maybe me and Martin didn't quite agree with. <laughs> um, so we'll have to see who, who won, whether it was a good idea. Right, right. Um, but no, it's again, it's nice. It was, I just wanted to come fresh. It was the same logo that we had, um, for when I took the company over and we're such a different company now mm -hmm. and I also feel that me as a company is so different I mean I look back um to how I first started and you say like when I was at the beginning of doing stuff I knew nothing mm -hmm. and when we got our first um brand that we started doing stuff I got a phone call I heard that the brand was looking to find a new company in the UK and I was like okay let's send an email um, to say, you know, that we're interested in doing it. And my dad helped me write an email, very, very formal email. Right. And they kind of sent a response back saying, okay, we're looking for someone. We've got meetings tomorrow morning um, in London at like 10 o'clock. Well, the email came in at maybe 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> and it was 10 o'clock the next morning. And I was like, okay, let's, let's do it. And I went there and I was like, so I don't know anything about like really business that we know this but i know your product i was yeah. like i can tell you this 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 and this i don't really like this why do you do this why do you do this but this is like so wicked why can't you do this and i kind of went in with this and we won the um selling of the product and we we yeah. won it all and was doing that but i guess it was the enthusiasm and all that kind of stuff that you can learn I'm not saying to go into business and not have a business any business minded but you can right. learn all that stuff and i think it's like the passion and the wanting to be able to do something you can make you can make it reality and the cheesy lines and stuff like you can be anything that you want to be right right um there's no way i could be a singer because i can't seem to save my life but <laughs> it's the thought 
but something like this you you know if you wanted to do it and you have an idea of stuff that you could you know you can just go for it and yeah no i sometimes <laughs> i'll i'll go talk to like i'll do university presentations i mean it's been virtual the last year or so or but you know before that several years i would travel and and do school tours and things and and you know, most of it is product oriented, you know, just playing through our drums and playing through tambourines and, and having kids come up and play and, and we all make fun of them, stuff like that. Nice. But, uh, but obviously like kind of more business oriented questions come up and I totally have to explain like, yeah, I don't, I don't have a business degree. I don't have a marketing degree. Um, you know, Eric doesn't, Jamel doesn't, Nathan, who does our like, social media and helps with like branding, marketing, things like that doesn't. So we're learning this all as we go along. And I look at other companies, other manufacturers or other, you know, retail retailers and kind of see what they're doing and, and how that might fit into what we're doing and constantly make ourselves better. And I think, uh, I guess I consider myself a little lucky that I got introduced to Black Swamp Percussion um, very early on, basically the ground floor, and was have been able to build a career and uh, with the company. But at the same time, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Like, uh, I think I was talking to MB Gordy. Not that it matters, but about like luck and and building kind of making your own luck in a sense like I was known for working hard in school and I you know except for except for at chemistry and world history and things when I was in college but I was you know my professor basically rec recommended me to Eric as some as somebody that was uh, trustworthy and worked hard and was dedicated and was likable and so I kind of was able to get in that way so I kind of put in the effort and the time beforehand which helped when I got there um, and I think kind of as we've been talking I again I kind of hear that like you've made connections with players um, you went into a meeting with manufacturers and was like I don't know the first thing about business but I know everything about your product and I know how to sell it and yeah. so like and that obviously it worked so um, no I think you're doing awesome things and you're doing Aww. a great job doing a great job uh at, at everything so congratulations on uh, getting here and then where the next couple of years will be is exciting yeah i hope so it should it hopefully all good and hopefully the um yeah the new logo and everything won't kind of plummet us down to <laughs> no, i don't think the see one thing i yes the logo is a is a big deal i'm kind of this was another question I wasn't sure if you're actually working on it or if you work with somebody or if Martin is mm -hmm. working on it but I'm we're kind of have something in the works that requires a new logo um <laughs> on our end like not a new black swamp logo but sort of a, a, a like a complimentary logo basically yeah. and so I'm you know every so often kind of opening up you know, InDesign or Photoshop or whatever, Illustrator, whatever I'm doing and, and tweak something or do something. My wife's a graphic designer. So I run a ton now of you stuff. Tell me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if it's not too late, I'm, well, she's got, she's got a full-time job. So I'm, I'm before I might've, she freelanced for years and yes, I would have maybe thrown her name out there in the, <laughs> if I had known, but, um, so, you know, I know enough to be dangerous to kind of work on that, work on that stuff. But, um, I don't know. One thing, Nathan, and I basically what I'm getting at is like, yeah, the logo is kind of a big, big deal. But mm -hmm. Nathan and I have been like, we overthink think things too much. Like we just sort of um, like kind of put a lot of pressure on ourselves to like uh, produce and have it be like, uh, you know, 100 percent right right out of the gate, which I think is important. But I, I think this goes along a little bit with with the new kind of COVID era and like mm -hmm. people kind of giving your giving themselves grace and like um not putting so much pressure on themselves but um I don't know give yourself some grace Katie like <laughs> like I think it's gonna be great whatever, whatever I, it is and it it's not gonna like, your business yeah. isn't gonna implode or anything so exactly no I I like it I think it's quite cool the fact is is that like people are going to know us they're not going to stop to go you know what i don't like their logo so i'm never going to order them again. yes exactly yeah yeah, yeah. So, um it'll be good 
Yeah, cool. <laughs> well, thanks for the hour. And you have hopefully Leah's in bed now and you don't have to worry about that. You can just s switch over from coffee to wine or whatever you need to do tonight. I dinner. <laughs> you haven't had dinner yet? No. Oh, okay. Then go eat. No, are you on lunch? Uh, I kind of, I don't know. I'm, I usually skip lunch or I just have snacks or something. It's weird. I don't know why. Uh, cool. Yeah. Thanks for the time and all the best. No worries. Thank you for having me. This has been a BSP production, recorded and produced out of the Black Swamp Percussion Facilities in Zealand, Michigan. Audio and production assistance by Nathan Coles. Intro and outro music by Adam Hopper. Music sprinkled throughout the episode featured original compositions and performances by Anthony DiBartolo from his EP titled Whimsical by Nature. Visit the show notes for this episode to find links to some of his music. Thanks for listening.